0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Penny C, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today is Friday, August twenty-first, two thousand twenty, and this is the seven a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Overeaters, oh, today we are reading from the Big Book. We are on page XXX. X X. Um, 30, and we are reading only one paragraph, that's paragraph number six, which begins with, this immediately precipitates. And our readers for today are, the steps will be read, read by Diana H. Joanne, Joanne L. is going to read the traditions for us. And the readers of the text will be Susan H., Barbara P., and Irene B. The share ID for yesterday, Thursday, August 20th are these. The 7 a.m. meeting, 15,191, 15,191. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, 15,192. One five one nine two. The uh, newcomer greeter will be Jason K, and the host for the second hour is Russ M. The OA preamble: Overeaters Anonymous is a fe- fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Diana H. to read the steps for us. Good morning, Diana.
1: Good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Diana H. in Texas, compulsive eater, recovered from A hopeless state of mind and body and the 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 5. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. (coughs) Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive ears and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to serve.
0: Thank you, Diana H. And now Joanne L. is going to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Joanne.
2: Oh, good morning, Penny. Good morning, everyone. This is Joanne L. from Rhode Island. Um, I am a compulsive overeater and a recovered alcoholic. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. and 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service today. Thank you. Pass.
0: Thank you, Joanne. And now here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Then once you have done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 again to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book on page XXX, that's page 30, the sixth paragraph. And we're going to ask Susan H. to begin that reading for us. Good
3: morning. This is Susan H., I'm a recovered compulsive overreader. And very grateful to be that in Ohio. Okay, this immediately precipitates us into a seething cauldron of debate. Much has been written, pro and con, but among physicians, the general opinion seems to be that most chronic alcoholics are doomed. And what jumped out at me was that most chronic alcoholics are doomed. Well, I've read. Those are statistics. Those are what men of science can see. And and, you know, this is how it usually works. There's plenty of statistics on the obesity epidemic also that are very sobering and actually frightening. I've seen these and uh, I read some during my Pay and Way journey. It made me really sad. It also made me really fearful. And yeah, I I proved them right. (laughs) <laughs> after after that last pay and waste spent. Um, but today, I have a hope that I never had before. I, I see others who have recovered and changed their lives. Um, I've been enabled, as it says on page 45, to find a power which will solve my problem. And I need to take these actions every day to refine that power and reconnect. Um, my, dur- my journey doesn't just end. And that's a wonderful thing. I can't rest on my laurels
4: every day is the day I need to carry the vision and take the actions and just to
3: trust and to act um, whenever I get the opportunity to, to read, this is such a gift. This little paragraph has uh, grown to a huge paragraph, and uh, I see every, every paragraph we read, how it, how it, what it means to me. Um, I'm so grateful to get the opportunity to be of service in this meeting. It's helped me so often. And uh, grateful to get a chance to be of service. Um, I think I've kind of run out of things to say about it. I'm grateful, and I will pass.
0: Thank you, Susan H. And before I take some names for people who like to share on this short paragraph, let me just remind everyone that even though we do value all of your comments, we ask that people limit their sharing to every third day. So, with that, that means that if you shared on Wednesday or Thursday, um, we just kindly ask that you, you know, allow time for other people to share. So, with that, who would like to get on the queue?
4: Larry Matt K. A from, from
5: Texas.
0: Hold on, Matt. Who was Larry after Ch- Matt? Nancy P. Very true. Deborah V.
6: Lou B from Texas. Well,
0: who Larry is that K. From te- who is from Texas?
6: Lou L O U B as in boy.
0: Lou, Lou B. And then Lou I heard B-I. Larry K. Let Did me let me answer? just say. Let me just say this is who I have now. Okay, I have uh, Matt M, Larry G, Nancy P, Lou B, and Larry K. Was there a Deborah? Okay, let's just go with that. So, again, we're going to have Matt M, and he'll be followed by Larry G. Good morning, Matt.
7: Good morning, Penny. Can you hear me?
0: We can, yes.
8: Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., postal post-labor from New Jersey. You know, most in general, most alcoholics are doomed. You know, um, that was me because I was definitely like a post over here of a hopeless variety. I was definitely back and forth in the room, in and out of the rooms, uh, back and forth, lying my way in and out of the rooms, borrowing money from people. You know, telling people what they wanted to hear. You know, um, saying, one, saying um, what I could do just to get what I wanted out of people. You know, the the boy who cried wolf. You know, you know, trying to get recovered, not trying to get recovered. Didn't know what to do, back and forth, not knowing what to do, and uh, trying to get the steps, doing the one, two, three waltz. You know, finally getting it, not getting it. You know, knowing the big books in and out, and. uh Still not getting it. I just didn't know what was wrong with me. Why couldn't I get it? Why was I seeing everybody else getting recovering? Why was that still getting left behind? Why was he? Why was he being left out in the cold? Why wasn't he seem seemingly not getting it? Why was he still seemingly in a mildly state of hope, hopelessness, not being able to get the steps? And I, I don't know what's clicking this time, but I finally seem to be getting it, and uh, I'm grateful this time. I stopped. I finally getting beaten down into a state of reason, reasonable, reasonable finally being beaten down into a state of reasonableness I guess I needed to be beaten down enough to be able to see right in front of me what's right in front of me is that the willingness that I need to have being into me because I need to be badly mangled enough you know my body has been through a lot and I finally beat myself into it and I'm very grateful I guess I needed to have that happen to me because um I need to have something um, right in front of my face, before I, um, it needs to be in front of me before I realize what I need to do, and I'm very grateful for that. I have a good support network that was telling me, front of the emotional appeal, it doesn't work with me. You know, it says in a big book, you know, stop, stop, now what are you doing? You're killing yourself, you're killing yourself, you're 550 pounds, you're, studying, you're, you're working your way back up to 660 pounds again. You're working your way back up into that body again. You're going to kill yourself, blah, blah, blah. You're going to get a heart attack. You're going to be 40 years old, blah, blah, blah. Next week, you know, so I'm very grateful I finally saw the light and I'm getting the help I need. And I have a sponsor who's helped me work those steps again through this book where the recovery is. And I'm just glad I have the support. And um, I'm still here. I love there's still time because, again, you know, there's only a certain amount of time you get, you know, you know, God doesn't give you unlimited chances, and he gave me another you know, chance to work the steps. I'm very grateful I'm still here with that I pass.
4: Thank you. Penny, Penny. one to unmute. I thought I was unmuted. Larry G., it's your turn. Larry
5: G. This is Larry G. from Northern California. Thank you, Penny, and those of you who give service. Uh, I'm a, uh, an aspiring compul- a recovery compulsive eater. Um I don't know anything about a seething cauldron of debate amongst uh, physicians in the medical field, but I could tell you that um, prior to coming into visions on may 17th i was a i was a debate machine i debated everything argued about everything i i just finished up with uh, my ninth step with a vision sponsor and i have uh, two amend two amends to make one is a former sponsor over years anonymous another one is a former food sponsor in over years anonymous i would ask people to sponsor me um and then I would immediately argue and debate and uh, be defensive, uh, impossible to work with. I just was not ready to give up the food. And um, on May 17th, I knew I was doomed, and I came into this uh, visions. uh The very first meeting was May 18th, and we were in the vision for you, and we were talking about uh, Bill Dobson, and Bill Dobson was being 12-step by Bill and Bob. And he even said that he said he's i'm a goner, and I said that that night uh may seventeenth I said i'm a goner, and so I'm not here because i'm self actualized or i'm this uh paradigm paradigm of of being open and, and willing. I'm here because I screamed out to god i I knew i was a goner um o a was the last house in the street for me and I, OA o a didn't fail me i failed o a and I stopped debating um i have an o i have an o a sponsor uh, in this program, Vision Sponsor, and I'm being uh, reintroduced. I've read the big book hundreds of times, but never through the eyes of a compulsive reader, never. And these principles, these paragraphs we study, um, 400 people in this call, the energy, energy in this call, of studying these these paragraphs each day, has turned my life around well. It has given me a new life. And I've been absent for the first time in 30 years. I've had some great success in OA. But in the end, I was a chronic relapser. And uh, those of you who are chronic relapsers, who are fresh coming off um, a relapse, know what that's like. Uh, it's it's like a living hell on earth. And I did not want to live, nor I wanted to die. Um, but I'm here today. I'm full of life. Uh, and I'm saying yes to my sponsor, even though when I want to. And there's times where I, I could feel the hairs on the back of my neck raise when I'm uh, when she makes a suggestion but um, I have a 10 step for that and uh, I want absent more than I want my own um, little debate machine I pass, thank you
0: Thank you, Lavy G and next we have Nancy P and then she'll be followed by Lou B Good morning, Nancy
9: Good morning, I just want to say can I be heard because we've been having trouble Yes Okay, good uh, Nancy P., calling from uh, West Newton, Massachusetts, recovered today. Thanks. Thank God. Um, so I love this paragraph. This immediately precipitates us into a seething cauldron of debate. Um, so the seething cauldron of debate is that abstinence from compulsive overeating takes care of the problem. But it doesn't because it does not address the craving. Um and it talks in the previous paragraphs and over the previous page, it mentions the phenomenon of craving five times. So that's not just about that phenomenon of craving is the problem. It's not the sugar or the flour or whatever your alcoholic foods are. It's what happens when you ingest them. I mean, they are a problem, but for me anyways, they were definitely a problem, but... When I put the food down, I couldn't stay down. So I have been in this program since 1971, and I wouldn't say that I had success. I would say that I was basically in relapse from the moment I walked in through the doors until I um, until I finally surrendered. And um, you know, the thing of it is, is if we don't, it's not about the eating. If we don't get the the rid of the phenomenon of craving, if we don't treat it with the spiritual solution, then we're going to eat again. And so that's what I'm after. I'm not after just putting the food down. That's it. Says it everywhere. It's but a beginning, you know. Removal of alcohol is but a beginning, you know. And and the solution is not more abstinence. I cannot weigh and measure my way out of this program, out of this problem. It's like if a politician says, you know, we can't arrest our way out of the drug problem, or we can't bomb our way out of this problem. And then wherever pick your pick your place in the world, you know, that's not. It's you know, other solutions are necessary. And I feel the same way about this. I cannot weigh and measure my way out of this problem. I can I can constrict my food as much as I want, but my mind is still going to be off the charts crazy unless I have this unless I apply the spiritual solution. And um you know, I had that same hand dealt to me until I surrendered. And the good news was and 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 you know, and by the way, I thought I was special and I tell this to my sponsees all the time. I relish telling them, you are not special. You know, um, no one is. And I, I always say, as a joke, and if either one of us was going to be, it would be me and not you. <laughs> Anyways, I don't really mean that. But, um, you know, I, I'm not special, and I thought I was. I thought I could beat the game, I thought I could cut corners, I thought I could figure out a way, um, you know like when i was pregnant and the nutritionist said do this and this and this and exercise and i said well i don't like to do i don't like to exercise what if i do this and this and this and she'd say yeah that'll work but you have to exercise like there's no way around it i have to accept that i can't that i need a power greater than myself to solve this problem you know weighing and measuring and putting my alcoholic foods down is barely barely a beginning that allows me to take the game board out of the closet and set it up it doesn't even allow me to sit down at the table and play you know, the rest of it comes, the rest of it, all of it, all the rest of it comes from from surrender uh, to a power greater than myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Nancy. Nancy P. And
4: next we have Lou B. Good morning, Lou B. Lou, we can't hear you.
6: Good morning. This is Lou B., um, a recovered compulsive overeater from Texas, and I'm really grateful to be sharing on the line this morning. Thank you for hearing me, Penny, and thank you for your service. So, yeah, this paragraph says that um, I'm doomed. You know, I'm doomed because I am this type of compulsive overeater that the book describes here. And so I want to just take a minute and, and say that, you know, As a compulsive overeater, I think, well, you know, I'm not like, I'm not as bad as an alcoholic. You know, I look okay. I have a job. I have a family. I have two cars in the garage. I have a house. I'm, you know, I'm not doomed. But, yeah, I am. If I'm picking up my food and ingesting my chemicals that are like my alcoholic foods, um, I may be walking around and my pulse may be going and my lungs may be working, but I'm dead. I am doomed. And what that means to me it, um, is that I am I am paranoid. I don't trust anybody. I am isolated. I am. These are these are these are. This is like with, without even saying that I am physically and mentally driven to be eating constantly all the time. And you know I might get a what, forty-five minute reprieve. You know, if I eat something, I might have forty-five minutes of of. Uh, Reprieve before I go out back and get something else, but but I am I am physically and mentally driven to eat, and and the doomed part of it is those things that I mentioned: body body uh, dysmorphia and this satisfaction, um, no relationship. You know, every, food takes precedence over everything, over my relationships, over with people and with my higher power. I mean, I I am doomed. I am alone and I am in the dark. But life has been so eloquently shared this morning before me. When I surrender to my higher power, when I work the steps, when I make myself vulnerable, when I find the willingness to be vulnerable, I should say, when when my higher power gives me that willingness to be vulnerable, and I reach out to you and I say, I need you, I can't do this and I reach out to my higher power and say I need you above all else, then I live in the sunlight of the spirit. I walk free today. I have a tough decision to make today. Honestly I do for my job. I have a really, really hard decision that I need to make. And
7: I'm highly ready
6: to go through the steps and feeling and surrendering it to somebody. And I'm sitting in place this morning of peace and trust that everything is going to be okay. You know? that my higher power's will is being done right now in my life and um, always well. So, yeah, today, today on my own I'm doomed. The help of my higher power and uh, you guys, the steps, I'm not doomed today. I'm happy, joyous, and free, and recovered, and so very grateful. Thank you for listening,
4: and
0: with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Luby. And Larry K., you're next.
10: Morning Larry. Oh, good morning Penny. Thank you for your service. Uh, Larry K. Recovered compulsive overeater. I'm visiting my sweetheart in Denver, but I'm from Chicago. So what what precipitates into a seething cauldron of debate? Well, there, there's two things really. First, the phenomenon of craving we we hear here has never been by any treatment that Dr. Silkworth was familiar permanently eradicated, right? And second. What feeds the debate is, okay, the the only relief that they have to suggest is entire abstinence. So which is it? So they're telling these drunks they have no solution. Yet in the same breath, they're also telling them that the only way they're not going to die of this disease is if they maintain entire abstinence. I mean, you you talk about being between a rock and a hard place. We're trapped. And you know what? Difficult moments are not just going to go away because I look away and divert my attention. And for many of us, we move into you know, sort of the ostrich effect by uh, you know, averting our gaze, sticking our head in the sand from what we know is there, but we'd rather not see. You know, I didn't want to see the food. And, and we may be flooded with, with anger and confusion and, and frustration as we approach like a, like a Sophie's Choice type of moment here. You know, pick up the food and follow that steady march towards a certain depth all the while averting our gaze, seeking a few seconds uh, of distracted bliss in the food, you know, or commit to entire abstinence and become, and when we do that, we're gonna become immediately uncomfortable. And we can't see anything beyond those two options. That's the debate. Neither option seems good. And this is a tricky place in which to be, because you're torn between competing dictates to eat or not to eat. That's the question, right? And to bring about real lasting change, I'm going to need, need God's help. My mind must be awakened. In step one, there has to be a leap from denial to awareness, to truth. In other words, step one is not an action step per se. It's a step that asks us to accept the specific nature of our problem. It's coming to a conclusion of the mind about the truth of our problem. And the mind, this mind of ours, which has been absorbed in a deep slumber, has, has to be awakened the only obstacle that hinders me from merging with my creator or or accessing power is my self-centered mind and the steps are going to treat that now here's the hope and i would suggest to you that a human being who has been merged with their creator as a result of these steps that person is no longer tethered to any external thing including food in place of that sacred relationship see for me it's only the daily practice of the steps that quiets the ego mind. For me, nothing equals the practice of the steps, you know, for the purpose of merging or, or melting, if you will, into the divine presence of my creator. And there's my time. If that sounds like an impossibility, well, I'll say buckle up because you know, there's going to be some sacred turbulence here, but you, you follow the journey and you will have your own experience. With that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry Kay. And now let me just remind everybody what we're reading this morning is on page XXX in the doctor's opinion. And it's a very short paragraph that starts with this immediately precipitates. And just reading on, sharing on that one paragraph. Who else would like to share this morning? Debra from
7: from Michigan.
0: Amy G. Lynn S.
11: Shanna C. Jennifer
0: C. Jennifer, what was your initial? C. Jennifer C. Cynthia D. Cynthia D. Shanna C. Okay, I think that's enough. Cynthia D. Who was the last person? Shanna C. I've got you down, Shanna. Was there some... I've got... Uh, Deborah, Amy G, Lynn S, Shanna C, Jennifer C, and Cynthia D. So let's go with that. Deborah, you're first, but would you give me the initial of your last name, please?
12: V as in Victoria from New Jersey.
0: Okay, thank you. Go ahead.
12: Hi, Deborah V, uh, recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Thank you so much for your service and for all of you being on the line. Um, my experience is that every doctor that I had ever gone to had offered me other solutions They had offered me pills. they had offered me surgery and in my desperation I grabbed onto all those things and what a relief to read this paragraph and to know that dr Silkworth is telling me that my experience was wrong and that I would be doomed if I continued down this path for me today I'm suffering with other things I lost my parents recently within weeks of each other they both passed away um, my best friend has breast cancer and is looking at a year of chemotherapy and I have a son who's suffering from a pretty serious mental illness and in many and sometimes in my self-pity I feel like I'm doomed or I feel really sad and the hope today in this reading is that and what this book tells me is that if I if I give my time and attention to spiritual practice and and my higher power, things will invariably get better and this too shall pass. Um, But what I do know from reading this short paragraph is that in my recovery and in the steps and, and in talking to my higher power and working this program as a design for living, not a diet program, that I am not doomed, and that no matter what happens around me and what's swirling around in my my human life, that, um, you know, that I have hope and promise of a new day and that I have the tools and the equipment and the people and the community and the fellowship to get through it. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there because, I'm I'm not one of those sort of like you know know every fact of the big book. So, I'm just sharing my experience and my experience is that in recovery and for me things have gotten a lot better day by day and that my design for living has been formulated in such a way that I seek my higher power now for things that I hadn't before and that I'm uncomfortable, I am comfortable in my skin and I'm getting better every day. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Deborah V. And next we have Amy G. And she'll be followed by Lynn S. Good morning, Amy. Good morning.
13: My name's Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. Thank you everyone for an awesome meeting. So it says this immediately precipitates. So we're in the doctor's opinion. We have the medical profession saying, look, we can dry you out, but we we can't fix you. And the only thing we can suggest is entire abstinence. And, you know, I love how the fact that, you know, they've said, you know, hands, throwing my hands in the air, but I don't know about you all, and some already mentioned it, is that, you know, we live in a world where there's a lot of other solutions, a billion-dollar weight loss industry that says, or whatever it is, billions that says, you know, we can do behavior modification. We can teach you how to just have one cookie or a small thing of ice cream. You know, we can show you how to exercise in a way that makes it so that these cravings won't happen. It can be very confusing for me as a compulsive overeater. But if I am the compulsive overeater of the chronic variety, which I love, he puts that word in there. Because when you look up chronic, it says constantly reoccurring and not an ability to eradicate so if I 'm that chronic variety where I is constantly where I am relapsing and that is constantly reoccurring and I can't eradicate the cravings and the uh, not the inability to not put my binge foods in my mouth, then I am doomed because Not even the medical profession profession can help me. And clearly human knowledge and experience and my own willpower is not sufficient for me to recover if I am the chronic compulsive variety that is described in these last few paragraphs. So what am I to do? This is nailing the the putting the nail in the coffin. Is that there is no option? It may be confusing out there, but if I finally surrender and decide that I am a compulsive overreader, I am a chronic compulsive overreader, and of my own will and even the world out there can't fix me. No human power or experience can fix me, or the medical profession. They can be helpful for sure. I need a nutritionist for a food plan. Then what am I? I am doomed. Because if I am chronic, I will constantly find a way back through the mental obsession that will drive me to the food and the physical allergy will keep me there. And that's the way it is for me. Suicide on the layaway plan. So what do I have? I have but one option. And to me, it is the 12 steps. It is finding a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity. Other things may help me, but ultimately, It has to be my relationship to my higher power. How do I get there? It's through the 12 steps. It talks about debate here. For me, the debate is over because for me to think of any other option, I'm going to want to take it. For me, this is the last stop. This is where I work this program like my hair's on fire because I know that there is no other option. And I'm so grateful that that debate is over. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thanks, Amy G., And next, we have Lynn S., and she'll be followed by Shanna. Good morning, Lynn.
14: Good morning. This is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. When we were reading that uh, paragraph, I had two strong remember whens. One of them was I was in the hospital, and a doctor had seen me, and I had to have psychological testing because I was going for weight loss surgery. And he went around the corner and he said, uh, patient, blah, 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 like 24 years old, chronic, morbid obesity. And when he came back into the room, I was crying. And he looked at me and said, what's wrong with you? You've heard that before, haven't you? And uh, I just remember how devastated I felt. And we talked about we talk about the annihilation of the spirit. You know, that that was it. And doomed you betcha even though I was lying in bed wanting to get surgery but even going into the surgery I felt doomed like it and isn't that interesting now that I think about it it was probably that my soul knew it wasn't the right answer but who cared at that point in time you know it was the choices were eat yourself to death or have this operation and I have to be frank either one was fine by me I didn't I just didn't care anymore because I knew No matter which choice I made, I was still doomed. And the second time was after 17 years of some recovery, but mostly just, you know, abstinence, I hit an eight year relapse. And I remember driving up to this hugely expensive wellness spa that I had booked a year ago. And my plan was to go and just to be, you know, levitating and reveling in my spirituality and having all these wonderful spiritual uh, treatments. And instead I was going up at the end of a weekend binge to end all binges. And I remember checking in and and just being so devastated. Devastated. And just saying, God, you know, I don't know what's going to become of me. I have tried so hard for eight years now. And in that eight-year period, I had three periods of abstinence. I had uh, got a two-year medallion and two one-year medallions for being stark, raving abstinent. Not one ounce of recovery in there. And I just remember saying, I don't know what's going to become of me. I know you and the steps are my only way out, but I can't do it. I have tried and I have tried. And at that moment, I remember sitting there and I started writing out the steps by memory and it was such a cathartic experience. But at that particular moment, I felt doomed and then there was that spark of hope. I am so grateful for that particular remember one. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Lyness. And next we have Shanna C.,
0: and she'll be followed by Jennifer. Shanna, good morning.
11: Good morning. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for being on the meeting um, and for your service. Uh, my name is Shanna and I'm gratefully recovered uh, by the grace of God. Um when I read this small paragraph it reminds me of what a miracle my ab- my own abstinence is. Um because I I can look back and see how how seething I, I had I would become at the idea of not being able to eat like a normal person. I can't remember from the, I'm forty one years old and I can't remember a time where I wasn't compulsively eating even as a child. Um, I don't I don't know how to of my own unaided will, I don't know how to not eat. Um, and by the time uh this past uh fall I'm coming up on a on a year now of entire abstinence and I every day I wake up so crape like I it's almost it's like I can't believe this miracle has happened to me. Um but uh but you know I, I felt that doom um this past fall where I could see, it was like my eyes were open and I could absolutely see just how this was getting so much worse. I mean, it wasn't like like for me, I didn't have people making fun of my weight anymore. Um, I I didn't have people it was just something happened on the inside to where I just could not go on anymore that unless a power greater than myself helped me. Um and I, I, I was I was going to die of this thing, um, and I'll, I'll never forget it. I was just absolutely out of ideas. Um, it didn't bother me anymore that that the idea of being a, on a food plan. Um, it didn't bother me anymore that I would have to be an OA. Uh, I was just I was dying, and I'm so grateful for that. And it it is true that. Um, that this thing has worked for me and um, was able to go through the, uh, was able to reach out to a recovered sponsor. She was able to help me. She was able able to identify um, and guide me through this process. And um, I, I get the, the experience of having peace because the food is down. And more than that, I've surrendered my will in life and I get to accept the plan outlined in this book and live this way on good days and bad days, um, that there's always a solution for me, um, one day at a time. Um grateful to be here. Thank you, guys, again so much. Uh, this thing has worked, and um highly
0: recommend all I got. Thank you very much, Shannon C. And now, Jennifer C.,
4: it's your turn. Jennifer C. Oh, so sorry. It was pausing
15: while it was trying to unmute me. So, hi, I'm Jennifer C., recovered in Greenville, South Carolina. Um so thankful for this reminder today that, um, you know, that we are transformed as a result of our ideals uh, changing. And this idea of my ideals must be grounded in a power greater than myself. You know, an ideal is a standard of perfection. It's a principle to be aimed at. Um, and it's not based on my own perfection, right? Like it's not based on me um, figuring this thing out, making myself better, making myself anything. This is all about Um, the fact that my ideals have to be grounded in a power greater than myself. So what are some of those ideals? Well, for me, uh, God is everything or he is nothing, page 53, right? That is a beautiful ideal that I live my life by today. Either God is everything or he is nothing. And I choose everything today because I was forced into that place, right? But today it's such a gift. So there's no mistakes today. I don't have to spend my energy trying to uh, arrange the lights and try to figure things out so that I can feel better. I don't have to do that today because either God is everything or God is nothing and I get to choose everything. Um, and for me today, that means that that I get to grow along spiritual lines, that I get to aim at, right? So it's uh, an ideal as a principle to be aimed at. So what does that mean? You know, I have a bullseye today and in the middle – is, is my relationship with my higher power. It's my connection. It doesn't mean that I'm doing this perfectly. It means that I'm aiming at the right thing now. I'm not aiming at self-seeking motives. I'm not aiming at just temporary relief. I'm not aiming at, you know, well, if I don't feel superior, then I'm going to feel inferior. So now I have to work really hard at feeling superior. Like my aim has changed. And that's, the new foundation of my life today. Another ideal is, you know, when I was unrecovered and I would talk to so many people who would say to me, you know, today, even if you told me I could add that food back in, I wouldn't. Why? Because I don't want to lose my connection that I have today. And I would hear that and I would say, wow. And you know what? Today, that's true for me. I don't want it. That's an ideal. That's something that comes true for us as we, as we base our lives on these new principles and this new way of living that's not about us. Um, the ideal that I'm okay today, not because everything goes my way, but because I can sink into it and say, okay, either God is everything or he's nothing. There's no mistakes, Right. So I get to grow today. I get to let go of all my false ideas about how things should be, and I get to just focus on that bullseye, which is my relationship with my
11: higher power.
15: Um, So I am so thankful for these new ideals. I'm so thankful for this program. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Jennifer C. And now we're looking for Cynthia D. Good morning, Cynthia. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Good morning,
7: um, Good morning, and thank you so much for your service. um In reading this paragraph, I recognize that um I, yes, I am a chronic overeater um and I'm doomed unless I follow every step by step and For me, a particular problem that has raised its head is that I have to call people because with this disease it's it's kind of a disease in isolation where you're passive. And I've been spending my time writing and reading and occasionally talking to my sponsor, but I've, I haven't been making the calls like I need to do daily, I think, because the cure for this, part of it is to be active in community. And calling people in real time makes this presence makes you present in the present moment. And for me right now, I'm kind of hindered by that. But God urges me to make those calls. It's part of the steps. And I either make those calls or I'm doomed. Along with all the other things that I have to do in the 12-step program, I'm I'm sure I'm going to run, run up the things that I'm not going to want to do, but I've got to do it. So making those calls is part of the steps. It's part of being spiritual in community. So I got to get out of my head and get with other people because the way I see it, I either die by myself or I thrive with each other in recovery and community. And with that, I pass.
4: Thank you, Cynthia D.
0: And now we can take two more people who would like to share and that we would, then we'll be ending. Who would like to take those two spots?
4: Anita L. Anita Anyone else? Rebecca A.
0: Okay, Rebecca A. Okay. Go ahead. That's all we can take. I'm sorry unless we um if if we have any more time I'll ask for someone else. Anita L Go ahead.
16: Good morning, everybody. I'm Anita L. uh, Living in the solution today from outside of Philadelphia. Uh, I'll try and be real brief so the other person can share. Um, I want to share because I feel like I was one of those doomed people. I was one of those constant relapsers. And my higher power loves me so much that I was taken from the scrap heap and brought up into a way of living that's just beautiful. And uh, one way that I'm able to continue staying in that uh, fourth dimension, um, not having such a perfect life every day, but feeling serenity amidst the storm, is that I listen to this meeting every morning, except, Saturdays, and sometimes I listen to a recording on Saturdays. It's. I used to think it was my vitamin pill that I needed this in order to stay alive. It's more than that. This I was thinking just before, it's a way of meditating, I think, even, because this meeting has been so beautiful today. The shares, everybody's share was just... So uplifting and, you know, for people who are still in the food, there's hope here, just everything that was said. So reach out to the community, get those phone numbers from the meeting list. And it's so worth it because today my life is beyond my wildest dreams and I pass. Thank you.
4: Thank
0: you, Anita L., and Rebecca, would you give me your last initial and then
17: share? It's Rebecca A. from the UK.
0: Thank you. Okay, go ahead.
17: Hiya, Rebecca A. from the UK. Gratefully a newly recovered, compulsory Over Eater. So glad to be here. and Thank you, everyone, for your service. Yeah, this passage, um, the word that really stood out to me was doomed um yeah and i did feel doomed and like you could have the greatest food plan made by the greatest nutritionist and all the science in the world but what's going to help you to stick on that really the only thing that's helped me to stick with what i'm doing was to find the power outside of myself it's only by my high power that i have the ability to for one thing you know even approach entire abstinence you know it wasn't the abstinence that brought me the recovery it was my higher power and for that I am so so grateful um but yeah doomed without my higher power and thankfully because of a higher power and because of the steps and the relationship that is helping me to build every day I'm not doomed which is uh, so amazing and such a miracle and with that I pass thank you very much
0: Thank you Rebecca A. Okay, so whoever that uh, third person was that was going to share, we have 2 minutes for you. Would you like to take that? Franny K, was it me? Go ahead, Franny K, 2 minutes, um, all right? Okay, uh please
18: tiny. me. Thank you so much. I've related to so many things that were said. Um someone earlier said um owing oh, an amends to former sponsors. Um, and that was me. Uh, I, and my sponsor, unbelievably, after I made an amends and I prayed about it and got some feedback, um, she is working with me again. And I am a chronic relapser. Um, I'm on, like, day seven. And I also want to say that uh, warning, uh, connecting with my higher power through abstinence, because that's my plug-in will bring you easy sleep when i can't sleep all i do is go okay god please help me sleep it will uh, another warning it will bring you a glorious way to start your morning as soon as my uh eyes open my mind comes consciousness it's like what what's today oh hey god you've got my back and it's, it i have the hardest head um, i don't want to um single myself out because i know some of you uh, many of you can relate but i have uh tried and tried kicking and screaming to do this my way um but also the word succumb uh i had to succumb to this um solution just like i succumb to my food and my addictive my alcoholic foods and behaviors behaviors are huge for me Um, I have them to this problem, and why it works when I surrender, I have no idea, but I am quitting the debating society, and I am very, very grateful, and I hope to be able to um, give this away, and I want to thank all the people who share not only their experience, strength, and hope, but their struggles and their relapses, because that makes me on this line know that I have not been alone, and uh, once again, I've crossed the threshold. I hope I don't back up out of the room again. But um, thank you all and have a, a beautiful, glorious
4: day. And I, w- with that, I will pass. Thank you. Honey, star one. Okay, thank you, Frey and E.K.,
0: and thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Friday, August 21st, is 15,196-15196. We will now close with the reading from the big book, on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And will Barbara P. please read that for us? Good morning, Barbara.
19: Good morning, Penny. Good morning, everybody. Barbara P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, the Atlanta area. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.